Y'all waiting for me? <laughs> Good morning. Like I said, when the music stops, find a seat. We are so glad that you're here to worship the Lord with us this morning. Uh, I am just let me say thank you uh, to Wes Peters for filling in last week uh, while we were picking up uh, a child graduating and, of course, packing uh, our children's things that they've accumulated in college over the last year into way too small of a space. But 
we are glad. So the house went from virtually empty nest to full. The refrigerator went from empty to full and will be empty again very soon. So we are glad that you are here to worship with us together this Mother's Day. Let's stand together, please, and turn our attention to the scriptures that has just a wonderful command for us. Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord and bless his name. Proclaim the good news of his salvation from day to day. Tell of his glory among the nations, his wonderful deeds among the peoples. For great is the Lord and greatly to be praised, he is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the peoples are idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and beauty are in his sanctuary. Ascribe to the Lord, you families of the peoples. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come into his courtyards. Worship the Lord in holy attire. Tremble before him all the earth. Say among the nations, the Lord reigns. Amazing grace. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now and now was blind, but now I see. Was grace?
Father, thank you for the promise in your word that we are forever yours when our faith and trust is in Jesus Christ. As it says in your word, that you are the vine and we are the branches. We have been grafted into the family of God. And therefore, we are brothers and sisters together also. So, Father, we thank you for your love. Thank you for your provision of salvation. And we thank you that we have this new song now to sing. And that we can sing it for your honor and your glory and the testimony of how great you are. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Be seated. Well, good morning and welcome to church today. Uh, I want to wish you a very happy Mother's Day. Whether you have birthed your children, adopted your children, or you are an aunt, a woman in someone's life, I look around this room and think about all of the amazing women in my life who have been a part of the church, who have poured into me and um, really helped me develop my faith. And so just thank you to all of the women and happy Mother's Day to y'all. My name is Julia, I'm the Young Adult Minister here, and we are so grateful that you are worshiping with us today. We have a couple ways, if this is your first time, that you can connect with us. And one of those is we have a welcome desk out in the atrium. I hope that you'll stop by. We have a gift just for you out there. We also have a text number and we have um, consolidated it, so you only have to know one word now. You can text to 904-441-6900 and text the word CONNECT. That will pull up our um, bulletin, our Connect card, our announcements, and also the giving opportunities are there. So just one word you have to remember now. Or if you want to get your phone out through the QR code on the screen just behind me, you can open up your camera and scan that. It'll take you to the link where you can find all of that information. A few announcements that we have. Vacation Bible School is coming up quick, June 5th through the 9th. If you have not yet registered your children, go ahead and do that soon so we can expect them to be there for that week. The theme this year is Twists and Turns, Following Jesus Changes the Game. And what an important foundation to lay for the kids in our community. I'm so excited for it. We will also have a parent-child dedication happening on May 21st. That is for any children from birth through five years old. So if you have not yet been a part of that and would like to be included in our parent-child dedication, please reach out to our children's ministry team. They'll be happy to talk with you and get you connected there. And last but not least, our youth are gearing up for camp this summer if you have a middle schooler or a high schooler and they are not yet registered for camp, you want to do that ASAP. Spots are filling up quickly. It's going to be an incredible week in the mountains, away from all of the noise of everything here, and just a great opportunity for them to learn and grow in their faith. Thank you.
Our command when we began was sing a new song. We're going to learn a new song. So this morning, the song is entitled Behold Our God. And it is a wonderful song that puts us in our place. It reminds us of who God is and who we are. Much like the story of Job when God told him, where were you when I X, Y, Z? Where were you when I? And it was there to put him in his place and understand that God's ways are not ours. Now, if it's new to you, let us sing the first verse. You come in on the second verse. If it's not new to you, you better be singing with me. There also is one surprise. So if you don't mind standing, there is, no, that's not the surprise. <laughs> the, the surprise is, is the bridge section is split. Men and women, you'll see that on the screen. Men, I suggest, follow me. Ladies, follow the ladies. And the choir will help you do that as well. So, behold our God. Who has held? Ready? Who has held the oceans in his hands? Who has numbered every grain of sand? Kings and nations tremble at his voice. All creation rises to rejoice. Behold. Ready? Behold. 
can't be seated yet. Don't sit down. Don't sit down. One more song. One more song. It's just a hard moment to want to break, you know, just what gift of grace, what gift of grace is Jesus my Redeemer, there is no
you're seated. Please take a moment. Welcome one another here. Church, I'm Lindsay Clark. I have graduated from St. Augustine High School, and my life verse is John 16:33. In this world, you may have tribulations, but take heart, for I have overcome the world. Uh, my future plans are to continue my job at the moment at Flagler Hospital and continue my education at St. John's River, and hopefully become a physical therapist. Hi, I'm Christian Jackson. I'm graduating from St. Augustine High School. Uh, my future plans are working and going to college at hopefully the river. And my favorite life verse is Ephesians 6:11. Put on the whole armor of God, for ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Hi, my name is Bella Doan. I will be graduating from St. Augustine High School. My future plans are to attend UNF and hopefully cheer on their cheer team and major in elementary education. My life verse is Isaiah 60:22. When the time is right, I, the Lord, will make it happen. My name is Jonathan Scott. I'm graduating from St. Augustine High School. I plan on attending the river. My favorite verse is John 20:19. The last will be first and the first will be last. Many are chosen, but few are called. My name is Kayla Lynn. I will be graduating from St. Augustine High School. I plan to attend Young Harris College to major in sports and exercise science. My favorite verse is John 13, 7. You do not understand what I'm doing now, but later on you. Hi, my name is Carter Altman. I'm graduating from Florida Virtual School and I'm going to Flagler College in the fall to study computer information systems. My life verse is Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Hi, my name is Emily Freeman and I'm going to be graduating at St. Augustine High School. I plan to go to St. John's River for my AA and then transfer to UNF. My life verse is Colossians 3.13, forgive as the Lord forgave you. Hi, my name is Haley Miller. I'm graduating from St. Augustine High School. I plan on going to St. John's River for early childhood education. My life verse is Luke 137, for no word from God will ever fail. Hi there, I'm Ethan Gadelman. I'm going to be graduating from St. Augustine High School, and I plan to go to the University of Central Florida to study a major in computer sciences. Um, my life verse is Romans 6:23, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. Hi, my name is Emma Curtin. I'm graduating from Pedro Menendez High School, and I'm going to be going to Florida State University as an honor student on the pre-law track. My life verse is Psalms 30:11. It says, "He turns our mourning into dancing." Happy Mother's Day, all you moms out there. So good to see you. Isn't that inspirational to see that? It's such an encouragement for all of us. Um, they talked about their life verse, and my verse for children has always been Proverbs 22.6. Raise up a child in the way they will go, and when they grow old, they will not depart from it. And I was one of those kids that grew up in a church, and I did depart for a while, but God called me back. And I am so thankful and so I'm so encouraged to see these children and to see our vision for our church going forward and to, to see you being encouragement by giving your tithes and offerings for the buildings that we see going up right now before our very eyes and I encourage you to continue to be that support for our church and to be the part of that vision to see our young kids grow up and go out into the world as we're going to see these and see others that will be able to draw in more children and have a safe environment for them. So I am so encouraged and so thankful for all you moms but and dads, of course, but that's next month. But all you moms for all of your, all you do for your children and your grandchildren. And those of you that don't have children, you do have children. I've seen you. So I know you do too. So you can't say that not to me. But I just praise you for that. So would you please pray with me as we pray over our moms and our children this morning. Lord, I am so, so thankful for our moms and ones that adopt children and go beyond uh, being just aunts and just being friends with children and just helping and coming alongside of those children. I 
Lord, I'm so thankful for that. I'm so thankful for our kids that we can see them. We can see them grow up in a church and go out. And, Father, that you draw them back, Lord. And I am so, so thankful for that as well. I'm thankful for our church and for their giving and for their hearts for us, for all of us to come together as one as you, you have commanded it in your word. We just love you and thank you. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Well, sing two verses of one more song. You can remain seated for it, but the song is Take Time to Be Holy. Sing together. Take time to be holy. Speak off with your Lord. Abide in him always and feed on his word. Make friends of God's children, help those who are weak. Forgetting in nothing is blessing to seek. The second is the last. Take time to be holy, the world rushes on. Spend much time in secret with Jesus alone. By looking to Jesus, like him you shall be. Your friends in your conduct is like this shall see. Well, good morning, church. It's good to be with you in the house this morning. Uh, if you've been with us the last few weeks, we've been doing a round-robin series, and so our pastors at our other campuses have been here to speak, and uh, Walter and I have been rotating, and so I'm glad to be back in the house with you all this morning. And happy Mother's Day to all our moms in the house. Appreciate you. I, I noticed a few guys in the house starting to get a little sweaty and a little uh, tense when we said happy Mother's Day. Some of you may have forgotten to get something for mom or write the card, and so... You know, I thought I'd take a few minutes just to help you out. If you haven't gotten your mom or that special person in your life who you want to honor for Mother's Day, I got some, uh, some greetings and some, some words of encouragement that you can write in your Mother's Day card, all right? Um, I don't know how many of you all have siblings in here. Anybody have siblings? A few of you all raise your hands. All right, I have two older brothers, so I'm going to read you what I wrote in my mom's card, okay? It says, thank you for being an amazing mother. I'm sorry only one of us turned out great. It's not your fault. It's an odds game. Love your favorite child. <laughs> For a lot of us, if we're married, our significant other helps us with big occasions such as Mother's Day. So this may be what yours said. Here's a Mother's Day card from your son, bought and sent to you from your daughter-in-law. Happy Mother's Day. <laughs> Here's a good one. Thank you, Mom, for being wonderful, caring, and thank you for not making your meatloaf anymore. <laughs> Here's a cheesy one. This one's just in the honor of Pastor David Elder. Uh, when I was stuck, you always gave me momentum I needed to get going again. <laughs> so, Harry, I've helped you out here. If you didn't have your Mother's Day card ready, you've got some ideas to move forward with here, but... Uh, Hey, we're grateful that you're here. Again, we're, we're finishing up our series on the family, and I think it's been uh, a meaningful, important series as we talk about coming alongside the family. And so I want to end our series with talking about some strategic rhythms for the family. And listen, if you're in here and you're saying, well, I'm not in that stage of family right now, I want to tell you it's okay. These rhythms are biblical rhythms, uh, biblical instructions that they can be applied in an individual's life, but they can also be applied to the family's life. And so I want to talk through those. And, you know, as we talk about the family and, and all that the family is going through in today's world, in today's time, I often think in, in terms of an illustration. And it's this. If you've ever seen or heard a washing machine that is overloaded, some of you are aware of that, right? Some people in your family, it happens in my fi family, I'm not going to name any names in my family, but someone in my family likes to put one too many items of clothing or towels in the laundry room, and you will hear it before you see it, if you know what I mean, right? 
The washing machine will start to rumble. It'll move back and forth. My kids will think that there's a monster in the laundry room. But what has happened is the, the washing machine is just overloaded. And it'll start rumbling and making that noise. And if you're not careful, your washing machine, they tell you, will, will tumble over. And it'll, uh, it'll make all this noise. It'll sound like a freight train in your lunch room. But as I think about the family, I think this is a lot like we are. We're overloaded. We're overwhelmed. There's too many things going on. And there's a cost that the family pays. I don't know if you know this about your washing machine. It actually has a balancing mechanism in there. And it helps to balance to make sure all the clothes are in there just right. And if it's not balanced, what happens is it gets out of rhythm. And I think this is the story of our families. We are overloaded and we are overwhelmed in such a way that we're missing out on the rhythms that God has given us in our families. So I want to I talk a little bit this morning, and maybe not from a scripture that you would have thought that we would have talked about it from, but you know, really as we look at the Bible and we look at the book of Exodus and we see the story of the people of Israel, as God delivers the people of Israel out of Egypt, out of oppression and out of slavery, he is helping to lead them unto the promised land, but he's also helping them to establish healthy rhythms healthy practices in their lives in which not only they honor the Lord, their God, but they live in community with one another. And you see, for the people of Israel, all they know, all they knew prior to God delivering them out of Egypt was the heaviness and the oppression of slavery and oppression. And so as God is leading them out, he's, he's setting them up for future success and he's helping them to understand and value what is most important in life. Because For as long as they can remember, they were dictated by Pharaoh in Egypt. And so I want us to turn this morning to Exodus chapter 20. Maybe it's a passage of scripture that you've heard before. And this is the giving of the Ten Commandments and God's covenant relationship with the people of Israel. And so we're going to look at uh, chapter 20, verse 1 of Exodus. And if you can this morning, I'm going to ask you to stand one more time as we read and honor uh, God's word. It says this, verse 1, And God spoke All these words saying, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself a carved image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven or above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or serve them for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me, but showing steadfast love to thousands of those who love and keep my commandments. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do, not, do all your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work you or your son or your daughter, your male servant or your female servant or your livestock or the sojourner who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that was in them and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Honor your father and mother that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. Verse 13, you shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor, You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or your male servant or his male servant or female servant or his ox or his donkey or anything that is your neighbor's. May God bless the reading of his word. You may be seated this morning. So God in his covenant relationship with the people of Israel through Moses and his instruction is giving words of wisdom and guidance to the people of Israel. How to live a blessed life in the kingdom, how to honor God and bring glory unto his name and live in relationship with him and live in a right relationship with others. And maybe what you don't see and maybe what we we overlook sometimes is God is helping them establish some healthy rhythms in their life. And I'll talk a little bit more on what that looks like. But here's three strategic rhythms of life that will help you or your family be intentional with your time. The first one is this, is that we need to create rhythms of reverence in our lives. Rhythms of reverence. 
Going back to verse 3, the first and, and foremost thing that God gives to Moses to share with the people of Israel, you shall, have, you shall not have any other gods before me. God is setting the tone that he is the one who is leading and guiding and giving uh, them a promised land and a hope for tomorrow. But a part of it is that they need to honor and give God to glory. And what does it mean to create rhythms of reference in our life? What does it mean to honor God? It means that we put God first in everything. That God is deserving of first place in our lives. So that means that we, in all things, put him first. That we don't put work, we don't put relationships, we don't put our job or anything else in the first place seat. We put God first. The first established rhythm it says God puts uh, that we should put Him first, and He goes further to say and clarify in a big way. But don't make any idols, don't worship the things of this world. Worship the Creator of all things. And boy, it is easy in this world to get our priorities out of sync, is it not? Sometimes we worship the things of this world before we worship the Creator of this world. And so he's giving a reminder to the people of Israel, one of the most important rhythms that you have is honor me. Have reverence in your life before me. And what does reverence look like for life for you and me? I think a few things. It, it means first that we worship the Lord. We worship the Lord our God. Is worshiping God a priority in your life? I'm hoping for us this morning as we talk about worship that Worship doesn't just happen for us once a week at 10.30 a.m., right? Worship should happen all throughout our week. Any of you worship while you're in the car? <laughs> Sometimes if you're riding with a bad driver, your worship is a lot more authentic, right? <laughs> Anybody worship first thing when they wake up in the morning? Thanking the Lord for the day that he has given us? Anybody worship late at night before you go to bed giving Thanks and glory to the God. Worship shouldn't just happen once in our week. Worship should happen every day of our lives. So as we create rhythms of reference, it means that daily we are going before our God and Creator, giving Him glory and praise and saying, God, you are first and foremost in my life. I want to honor you. Not only should we worship, but we should also and creating reverence in our life is we should serve the Lord our God. We should create opportunities to honor him with our time, with our resources, with our talents. This is a part of giving God reverence, to serve him. I, I, I love watching families in our church come together, the whole family, and serve. Uh, you know, we're coming to a time of season of the year that we at Floridians, we don't like to talk about. We're coming up on hurricane season. And, you know, there are a lot of bad things that happen during hurricanes. But can I tell you, in the aftermath of storms, one of the good things that I see coming out of the storms that we face is watching the community come together to serve one another. And oftentimes when the community comes together, what I love to see is the family going out and helping other families. Because this rhythm is important. See, when you instill, when you show, when you reveal to the next generation, the importance, the blessing of serving others, it lays a foundation for them in the future. They understand by loving others and loving God that they can do something that can bless another person. They can see from their mom and dad, from their family, how important, what a precedent it is to serve others. So how do we create reverence in our lives? We worship the Lord we make time together as a family, as an individual, to serve, to set that example to others. But thirdly, we make time to study and to know and to hide God's word in our hearts. I love to hear. I love to hear how families are studying and memorizing and talking about Scripture. Because that's a biblical understanding that we should hide God's word on our hearts, that we should know it, that we should share it with our families. You know, it's, it's nice in the day and time that we live in, there are so many resources out there to help you. If you're saying, Sam, I, I would love to study the word of God with my family, but I have no idea where to start. You know, we have this thing called the Bible app. Many of you might be even 
following along on the sermon right now because our notes are in the Bible app. And the Bible app has multiple Bible studies that you can do. You can even share it with your family and collaborate on it. You can invite them. We have a, another resource here at the church that's free to you all. It's called Right Now Media, and it's, it's kind of a, has a, a ton of Bible studies that are video-based that you can watch. They have uh, biblical cartoons and different resources, but it helps you in your family study the Word of God together because it's so very important. We understand in this Word are the words of life. And so the more that we share these words of life with our family and our friends we are speaking, we are sharing the good news of Jesus and the hope for eternity with him. Creating reverence in our lives should be about worship. It should be serving. It should be studying God's word together. Hebrews 12, 28 says this. Therefore, let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Anybody know and hear that the God that we serve, that the faith that we lean into our kingdom in heaven, it cannot be shaken. Amen? Cannot be shaken. Our God is not moved. He is not shaken. He is not afraid. He stands steadfast. And this is what the second part of that verse is. It says, thus let us offer to God an acceptable worship with reverence and awe. For our God is a consuming fire. Create rhythms of reverence in your life. For our God is worthy of our worship. He is unshaken, immovable. Second thing that you can write down this morning, we need to create rhythms of rest. Rhythms of rest. Maybe one of the most overlooked aspects of our faith is that of rest. The oldest, I would say the oldest arguably established rhythm is the Sabbath. Is the Sabbath rest. In creation, God, he said that he made everything in six days, and on the seventh day, he did what? He rested. Can I tell you, society, culture, where it's going, is trying to create every opportunity it can to prevent us from having rest and Sabbath in our life. But if God of the universe, and all of his power, and all his might, as he created everything, if he designed and made it so that we should have rest, how much more in our lives do we respect, we'd honor that rest? What is Sabbath rest? Sabbath rest is a day set aside for reflection, renewal, and reset. It is a grounding of our lives in which we are to simply look to God and our creator to find rest in him. I, I, again, I, I know that email, text, social media, work, Sports activities for our kids, extracurricular things going on. All these things try to hinder and prevent us from experiencing that Sabbath rest that God has called us to have in our lives. And so what does it mean for us? It means that we got to be intentional about scheduling rest for us and our families. It's so important that we make intentional time. If you're here this morning, you've got your phone, and you don't have an intentional rest in your, you got my permission right now. Pull out your calendar and say, hey, this day, we're going to have Sabbath rest in our family. It's that important. It's that important that you need to schedule it. Here's what I know. That when I am not creating opportunities for rest and reflection and renewal in my life, not only am I hurting myself, I'm hurting my family around. I need to have God's rest in my life. Renewal and reflection. I love what Jesus says in Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28. He says this, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Jesus has given us an invitation. First few words in that passage, what does he say? Come to me. There's an invitation for us to find rest. All you are heavy, heavy labored, heavy laden. In other words, overwhelmed, stress, feeling anxiety. Is that anybody in here? It's me, right? I can tell you, right? Jesus is saying, come to me. Lay down your burdens and find my rest and peace in your life. You know, I, I like to think of Sabbath as a, uh, a stop sign in our life, right? It's a moment in time which we're stop all that we're doing, take a moment to examine everything that's going on in our life, examine the stress, the worry, the anxiety, and put it at the feet of Jesus. 
and to find rest in him and him alone. You know, I've been noticing in our neighborhood, there's a stop sign just behind our house, and I can see it from my back porch. And I've been noticing over the last couple of months, just for whatever reason, it's not a real busy intersection, but a lot of people have been just running that stop sign. And they're just getting busy, and they're running behind it, thinking it's not that important to stop. Well, I noticed a few weeks after I'd watched this that a local sheriff's deputy decided to park his car just a little bit beyond that stop sign. And everybody that went through that stop sign, he just gave them a friendly nudge of encouragement and reminder, hey, there's a stop sign back there. (laughs) It's really expensive to run those, right? (laughs) How reckless is it if you and I make a habit of running stop signs? It's reckless, right? Not only would we put ourselves in danger, but we would put those around us or maybe other people. We run the risk of hurting ourselves and hurting them, right? Can I tell you, it is just as reckless in our life that we don't heed to the spiritual stop sign that God has given us to find Sabbath rest in Him? What happens if you don't take time to stop and reflect and renew yourself in Christ? You run the risk of hurting yourself, but dare I say, you will run the risk of hurting those whom you love and care for most. You know who helps me be the best father, the best husband that I can be? It's the Lord our God. And if I'm not making time to lean into him, to find rest in him, I'm going to run the risk of hurting others. Make time to find, create that rhythm of rest in your week. Schedule it. Put it on the calendar. It's that important. Third thing that you can write down is we need rhythms of relationship. You know, so much of what God hands to Moses in the covenant relationship has to do more so uh, with horizontal relationships more than vertical relationships. He spends a good bit of time talking about how to put God first, and that should be a priority, but he spends a lot of time making sure that their relationships with one another uh, are holy and honoring to the Lord, right? I mean, he goes back and he says, honor thy father and mother, and then he goes, don't covet or compare yourself, don't steal, don't commit adultery, don't lie, don't murder. And, you know, as I look at that, I kind of ask the question, God, why, why did you have to give so many instructions to the people of Israel and inherently us about our relationships with one another. Well, I would say kind of two, two reasons. One is, first and foremost, is we need relationship with others. We need one another in our life to help us in difficult seasons and times of life to encourage us, to remind us to keep the faith, to keep going strong. I, I mean, I can, I can think about the people of Israel as they are wandering through the desert. Right? I was there a couple months ago, and it is, it is a desolate place where they were. I can imagine that as a lot of them were going along, a lot of them were saying, and we even see this in Scripture, they're saying, hey, let's just, let's just forget about this promised land thing. Let's go back to Egypt. At least we had three square meals a day, right? Let's just forget about it. And I, and I guarantee that as they were getting ready to give up, one of the other families spoke up and said, no, you keep going strong. You remember what God did for us back there? You remember the promise he gave us? Let's keep moving forward. Let's keep believing. Let's keep trusting God. See, you and I need that in our life because there's going to become seasons when we're in the desert and we need one another. God created us for relationship. That's why he spends so much time in here reminding us of how we can honor God, how we can bless others, the things not to do because we need relationship with one another. Be a part of the church. Be a part of a small group. Be a part of one of our life groups because we need one another in seasons and difficult times in our life. So one reason is we need relationship. The second reason I think God spends so much time in Exodus 20 talking about relationships is the one thing that we need the most, we often struggle with. In the world, we struggle with relationships with one another. If you don't believe me, just join an HOA and you will soon, soon learn <laughs> that people struggle with relationships, Right? We struggle. We need God's guidance. God created us to live in community. I love what John 15, 12 says. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Not only do I believe that we need relationships as people and that we struggle with relationships, I also believe that God is calling each of us in the church to intentionally love the world in a manner, in a way that he has loved us. Do you realize the outside world needs a relationship with the church? 
Because it's only through a relationship with the church that they can hear the good news of Jesus. It's only through a relationship with the church that's you and me that they can hear and know. One of the things I'm very passionate about, and I believe that is a role of the church, is to care for the widow and the orphan. I believe it. It's scriptural. It's biblical. And and, uh, I I don't know if you know this, but May is actually Foster and Adoption Awareness Month. And one of the things I'm so passionate about, I've been trying diligently here at this church, is for us to partner with kids and families who are in crisis. I think for those kids who are looking for a home, who are looking for a family, that the church has to step up in a big way. You'll notice out in the atrium that we have a, a, a few of uh, partnerships that we support here at Anastasia. One, one of those is the Family Integrity Program. And this is the local agency that helps with fostering and adoption. They're, they're the intervention agency. And so when uh, Department of Children's Families comes in and, and there's a, a need for a child, they're the one who are helping that child find a foster home. And so we partner with them. We try to help meet needs throughout the community. For those families who are fostering, we we try to say as a church, how can we help you? How can we come alongside of you? If there's a kid in need, we want to help. There's another organization that's out there. It's called, uh, excuse me, Safe Families. And one of their goals is to help prevent child abuse and neglect and reduce the number of children entering the child welfare system and to support and stabilize families. They're one of our partners. They're a faith-based initiative. And they're looking for volunteers for people to help kids and families in crisis so that they can stay together as a family. Here at Anastasia, we just in the last year started a ministry called called the Care. And we believe that it is the role of the church to care for families and kids who are being fostered or adopted. And so what we've done is we've we've come alongside families within our church and who are fostering, adopting, and we say, hey, as the church, we got your back. Anything that you need, we're praying for you right there. Let us know. The point is this. We need relationships, but the world around us is desperate to know the love of Jesus, and we may be the only relationship in which they hear it. Those tables are out in the atrium. If you want to partner, if you want to be involved and being an advocate for families and children, I encourage you to go stop and hear a little bit more about them and get involved if the Lord leads. But I want to share this morning as we come to a close. Sometimes in life, just like that washing machine that gets overloaded, we get out of rhythm. And we lose our intentionality. And we lose sight of what's most important. And if you're not careful, if you're not careful, what will happen is life will pass you by and you'll look back and you're saying, I wasn't intentional when I needed to be. But here's the good news for you and me. Jesus has given us an invitation. If you're overwhelmed, if you're overloaded, Jesus said what? Come to me. I believe that invitation that he gave his disciples so long ago still stands for you and me. So this morning, as we have a time of invitation, if you're feeling overwhelmed, if you're feeling overloaded, or if today's a a moment in time in which you say, God, I want to be intentional, I want to be strategic about these things that you have given me, I want to create rhythms of reverence in our lives, I want to create rhythms of, God, uh, just rest, I want to create rhythms of relationship, Lord, I, I want to lean into you. And so this morning, I want to invite you here this morning, I'd love to pray with you, this altar's open. Maybe it's to join this church, to take a next step of faith, to be baptized. Maybe it's just to start a relationship with Jesus. Wherever the Lord is leading you, his words to you are, come to me. Come to Jesus this morning. Let's pray. Father, we love you so much, and we want to give you all glory and all honor this morning. Thank you, Father, that you have given us. God, you have guided us and given us direction in our life, how to create rhythms to honor you, but God, to live a life that is intentional. And so, Father, for many of us, as we feel overwhelmed and overloaded, Lord, may today be an opportunity that we come forward and, and God, surrender unto you, trusting you, that you will give us rest. And so, Jesus, in this time of invitation, Lord, as you speak, may we respond. It's in Christ's holy name we pray. Amen. Let's stand. Let's worship this morning. And as God leads you, you come this morning. You come. I need thee every hour, one, three, and four.
together. Father, we thank you for the time that we have had to be with your people, to be in your word, worshiping through our singing, through our giving, through our praying, and Father, even through your word. Let it not stop just with these moments. Father, motivate us to continue worshiping you the rest of today and this week as you've prepared us for the things you have for us through your word this morning. Father, the family is under attack and how important it is for us to stay uh, together, closely knit with our children, parents, grandparents, and even great-grandparents. So, Father, may our families reflect our belief and our trust in you, and may your light shine in each one of them. Give us faith to walk the path you have for us this week, and it's in Jesus' name I ask. Amen. 